glad you've turned tuned into my podcast, One Mom to Another. My name is Cindy Anderson, author of the book, From One Mom to Another. Dr. Trina Boyce is with me, and we are going to be talking about managing anxiety, stress, stress, and depression. But first, let me tell you a little bit about Trina. Trina is a best-selling author of 31 books and was named the California Young Mother of the Year, an award, she says, completely amuses her four sons. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. She teaches at Brigham Online for Brigham Young University and creates online courses at lifelonglearningeducation.com. She's a movie critic at moviereview.com and has a daily podcast called Daily Inspirational Quote, hosted by Trina Boyce. She is an author coach at FromBooksToBusiness.com. She works legislative assistant for a congressman in Washington, D.C., and was given the Points of Light Award and Presidential Volunteer Service Award for her domestic and international community service. She was selected by KBPS in San Diego to be a political correspondent. She taught classes at the famous Le Cordon Bleu Culinary College and says she has the weight gain to prove it. She says if she told you what she really did, she'd have to kill you. Oh my, you are a busy woman. Thank you so much, Cindy, for inviting me onto your podcast. Uh, I'm just so happy that you're here. And, and we're going to talk, I mean, we're talking to moms uh, about we're in a time of high stress and anxiety. Um, and we're going to talk about how to help manage that, help, how to manage our anxiety and our stress and our depression. And I think, Trina, this is such an important topic. I think moms are running around at full capacity, especially now, right, with COVID-19. Absolutely. Um, we push past our limits under the best of circumstances. Certainly these aren't those. And I think we, we, we get into a mindset of this is, this is my life. This is normal. And all of that stress and anxiety, I mean, would you agree, is not normal? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, women especially are twice as likely to have depression and anxiety as men. And I've got all kinds of numbers that I can spout off to you about how, you know, in America, at least 70% of Americans have physical and mental symptoms of stress. Um, nearly 70% of Americans experience physical and mental symptoms. 80% of those with depression report it, it impacts their work at home, their social activities, on and on and on. Now, let's multiply that yes. with COVID. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and it's hard. Um you know, I think on a, on a good normal day when moms knew they would get a little reprieve when their kids were off at school uh, to kind of mm -hmm. get some things done around the house or try to run a side hustle business from their right. home or whatever they do, right. we don't get that now. We've no. got the kids with us practically 24-7 unless you live in a pocket of the world where you're allowed to have your kids attend school. I know some areas are sending kids to school mm -hmm. maybe twice a week or whatever, and others are still on complete lockdown. But Even um, so, yeah. can you imagine trying to manage a schedule where they go to school part of the week and home part of the week? And I mean, I, I think that, that this last six months have really has really been difficult. Right. And in a, in a perfect world, even with COVID, mm -hmm. if you were a stay-at-home mom, that's stressful enough, but my heart mm -hmm. just breaks for single moms or single yes. parents that are trying to coordinate all of this. It's I don't know it's how they do really it. It's really difficult. Yeah, 
it's really difficult. And actually, I just attended a really wonderful spiritual conference this last weekend. And one of the speakers said, we need to stop spinning our wheels in the past, Mm -hmm. thinking that, okay, we're going to get back to normal any day now. Mm-hmm. It may not ever be back to normal. I mean, I'm not to, Correct. I'm not a doomsday type of person, but I'm just saying mm-hmm. stop focusing on what you can't control and focus mm-hmm. on what you can. So we're given this crazy situation and mm-hmm. we just have to say, okay, this is what it is. And these are the things that, I, that we can control and, you know, right. Just, You know, you and I were talking before we started recording, and both of us now have older kids. I still have one still at home, but Mm -hmm. everybody else is off. And we, both you and I were saying how when we were younger moms, things used to be so important, little dumb things would drive Mm -hmm. us nuts, and everything felt like it was just the end of the world if the book mm-hmm. got knocked off the bookshelf or right, whatever. Right, right. And now with some time and perspective, I think we're both way more relaxed mm-hmm. and realize, you know, that stuff just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Just mm-hmm. mellow out. And you feel like, oh, you're going to, this little thing is going to ruin your kid for life, you know? Mm-hmm. And that does that's not true either all of the horrible mistakes i've made mm-hmm. over right. the years right. my kids have turned out pretty doggone good they're actually right. pretty awesome right and in fact i'll give you an example because you have a lot more we both have four sons but right that's it. I you got the three girls on top of the four boys. I just have the four <laughs> boys. But I have this one simple example of how you know, as a good mother, I would always tell my kids, you know, stop playing so many video games. And I had one son. That's all he wanted to do. He lived mm-hmm. and dreamed and just. Mm-hmm. Everything he did was all about video games. And so I would always say, okay, you're done playing for the day. Now it's time to develop some skills and some talents for your future career. Because I thought this kid's going to be just, you know, do nothing with his life. And so, again, as what I thought was a good parent was to get him to stop playing games. I think a lot of parents would still agree with that. Mm -hmm. But anyway, guess what his career is today? (laughs) Does he... Does he... uh put together video games? (laughs) He does. He actually has an incredible job. He's a 3D graphic animator. He designs Mm -hmm. all of the characters and the visuals Mm -hmm. that go in video games. He works for a company called Blizzard, which is Mm -hmm. world famous and extremely successful. One of the absolute top in the industry. He gets paid really well, loves what he does. And honestly, isn't that what every parent wants for your kid to contribute, to have a job that they love, right? And I was so stressed out about it when he was little. And so I just laugh and I wished now back then, of course, you know, it really wasn't healthy for him to spend that many hours playing video games every day, but I wished I would have just mellowed out a little bit and just not have think. I kept thinking, oh, I'm the worst mother ever, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think moms especially are so hard on ourselves that if we're teaching them to love and show kindness and develop some skills, that's great. And all those other little things aren't going to mean they're going to be in therapy for the rest of their lives. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) That's right. And, and, And at first we don't know what's important. So everything becomes important. 
And that kind of segues into what we, the main thing we want to talk about is um, when everything becomes too much, when the stress becomes too much, because we worry, we worry about, you know, this child and what they're doing and that child and what they're doing. And I reacted this way. And now this is going to happen. And how do we manage that? How do we manage that stress and that anxiety and, and depression that sometimes comes from all of these different situations? Yeah, that is such a great question. And I think in one word, there's a hyphen in the word, the answer is self-care. I read Mm -hmm. a really interesting statistic the other day that caregivers of older patients actually die before their older patients more often because they're so consumed in serving, serving, giving, giving, and they don't take time for themselves. Yeah, it's it's important. And I think it's one of the first things that gets put back onto the back burner with mothers. Uh, I'll take care of myself tomorrow. I think self-care is a great issue. Now, you've put together this um, wonderful um, packet. Uh, and just to tell everybody, there's she's she's offered this wonderful free download. And it talks about different coping skills and different ways that we can exercise and put uh, priority on our self-care. And one of the things I thought was so interesting were the different um, coping skills that you talked about. And um, maybe you can tell us a little bit about about that, about coping skills in general. And then let's kind of go through the coping skills and discuss them and uh, give ideas and ways that we can use those in our lives. And again, um, this is a wonderful download that she's offered. She, she, uh, Trina also does some classes that she offers on her website. But this is a wonderful free gift that she's giving to us to be able to work through and understand our coping style and give us some really good suggestions on how to help cope with the stresses and demands of life. So let's start with coping skills. Okay, great. And thank you. The website is called findingjoytoday.net. And I do have an online course at lifelonglearningeducation.com that walks you through many, many more coping techniques that are helpful for people who really struggle with anxiety, stress, and depression. And so these are... I had to stop talking. Did you hear that? That was my little Google Home Mini telling me. I've got a reminder. Every hour I have it tell me I've got to exercise or stretch or do yoga or whatever. So That's a good way to do (laughs) self-care. Yes, because the hours fly by so fast. I could be sitting at my desk for hours and it seems like minutes, you know. So Mm. I, I actually did have my, I love these voice assistants. I have um, and Alexa sitting right by my desk, that Google Home Mini is farther away on a bookshelf, and I have them in various places in my house. Anyway, um, okay, so there are lots of different coping techniques, but you can kind of categorize them into maybe three categories. So this handout, you don't have to take notes um, because you can just go to that website and just click on 
you know, get your free copy or whatever, and then you can get all of these. But I, I categorize them in instrumental coping, emotional coping, and avoidance coping. And so some of these techniques you're going to say, oh, well, I already do that. and It doesn't work for me. That's okay. There are plenty of other choices. So the goal mm-hmm. is to find what does work for you. And there are some days where you could do one technique and you feel better. And then others, you're like, nope, I still feel really crummy. <laughs> and actually, a really sweet friend of mine has a podcast. She has four kids. Two of them are on the autism spectrum. And she, I mean, bless her heart. She yes. has got a handful. And so she wrote this blog yesterday just saying, I've been in my pajamas all day. I've locked myself in my bedroom. I'm reading a book. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, she just said she was broken and she told her husband, I snap, that's it. They're all yours. Good luck. <laughs> and, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. Nope. Sometimes that's what you've got to do. That's right. So the idea is to hopefully avoid mass crashes and be able to take time each day, many times. We'll have to take them multiple times during the day to get through each day. So the idea with instrumental coping are um, things like spotting patterns and triggers. So if you know something is going to make you feel guilty or make you feel exhausted or depressed or anxious, then the tr- the technique is to come up with some if-then strategies. So for example, I have a terrible sweet tooth. I'm always on a diet and I'm always breaking my diet. And mm-hmm. so I have this sheet that I actually wrote up. If I feel like I need to have chocolate, what are some options? You know, what is my if then strategy? That's a great for? idea. Yeah. So that, because you, you know, life is going to happen. If the kids are screaming and you can't handle it anymore, how are you going to handle that? Mm-hmm. And so the best time to come up with this if then list is when you're feeling in control and when you're feeling good and happy and hopeful, <laughs> not when you're depressed. So another coping technique uh, under instrumental coping in that category is to simply apply your values, your faith. So if you are religious, you can absolutely pray, meditate, listen to to. Uh, spiritual music, read scriptures, all of that is absolutely helpful. And again, I attended this church conference and one of the speakers said, you know, the new normal that we're experiencing allows us to develop new habits and routines that are better than what they used to be. Okay, so another coping technique is to simply apply your values. So that refers to if you are a person of faith to include daily prayer, meditating, spiritual music, reading scriptures, listening to inspirational talks. And Cindy mentioned my inspirational quote podcast. It's always under three minutes. So anytime you need a little you know, spiritual, but well, they're not all spiritual, but a little boost. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned, I love these voice assistants. So for example, here, I have to unplug her because if she hears me say her name, she's going to start talking to me. But if you, can, <laughs> if you have an Alexa, an Echo device, you can say, Alexa, motivate me. And she'll tell you a little, you know, three minute quote or something. So mm-hmm. you can find mine on Alexa as a skill. It's called Daily Inspirational Quote, hosted by Trina Boyce. That's actually the name. Um, and it's also available on all other podcasts. And so obviously you like listening to podcasts since you're listening to Cindy. There's so many great um, meditation or guided meditation podcasts out there to help you get a little moment. Doing breathing techniques is super helpful. And I attended 
this uh, church conference that I just told you about this last weekend. And one of the speakers said, you know, this new normal that we're living through, uh, it gives us an opportunity to create new routines, new habits. And this one speaker said, make Jesus your new normal. Reach right. out in ways that you haven't done before. You know, we all get into our slumps where we're getting more lazy spiritually. And so it's a great opportunity to beef that up and to take action on the inspiration that you do get. Because this is a unique time where even though the world is in chaos, we can be here in our homes and we can be still. And that mm-hmm. that being still is really powerful. It, it is powerful. It, 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 mothers, it's a hard thing to do. It seems like when we be still, we've got you know kids that are running running all through the house. But it is so important to find that time. I, I agree. I think those are great, some great suggestions. Yeah, and to teach your kids to be still. Okay, this is the yeah, moment perfect. we're going to be still. And in fact, um, with four boys, you know, you have four yes. boys too. That being still was tough. But I would go to my friend's house and they would have daughters and the girls would be quietly reading books. You know, I'm like, what? <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So what we did when our kids were really little and we were trying to teach them to be quiet and reverent, like when we would go to church, you know, mm-hmm. um, we would actually do role playing with them and say, okay, how do you behave when you're at a playground? And we'd let the mm-hmm. kids run around and scream and yell and jump and do somersaults. How do you behave when you're at the grocery store? You know, well, you walk close and stay, you know, close to mom and help. Mm-hmm. How do you behave when you're at church and you actually do role plays? And so part of that strategy with yourself is to say, okay, how do I handle this moment, and you Mm -hmm. kind of anticipate moments that are going to stress you out, or when you're going to uh, feel anxious, like you know, you're going to go to a party, maybe that doesn't happen so much now during COVID. But you know what, identify the moments that really stress you out. And role play in your mind or even physically. This is how I'm going to behave. And again, these are things you practice when you're feeling good and powerful and centered and so that you have a plan. You know, kids are kids when they're little, they've got wiggles and you can't just Mm -hmm. say, oh, I'm a terrible mom because my kid won't be quiet or still. They're kids. And so you have to plan that into your schedule and say, okay, Mm -hmm. we've got five minutes to go crazy brace yourselves. And then everybody can be loud and jump around. And unfortunately that tends to get them even more excited, but then you say, okay, we're going to do five minutes of quiet or you do it in reverse. Okay. Five minutes of quiet, then you can be crazy, you know, whatever. Great practical suggestions. Yeah. And to share music, different styles of music, play Mm -hmm. rock and roll. How do you feel? Let me see you move and then play quiet music. Now, how do you feel? And mm-hmm. talk about, let them see how the their environment affects them. And, you know, speaking of environment, uh, I know a lot of people who are going out on walks more during COVID, it's just through their neighborhood or trying to touch their feet to the grass and really be grounded and get mm-hmm. that vitamin D through the sunshine, the physical things that affect our environment. Inside, mm-hmm. we can have... Um, essential oils, going through diffusers, playing music to set an environment or an atmosphere and, and setting that 
tone of our environment, our physical environment. I know that when my house is really cluttered and messy, I feel cluttered and anxious. And uh, and to point that out to your kids too. So you know that when it affects you, it's probably Mm -hmm. affecting them, but they're not making the connection. So it's really important to talk it over. And if you have, you know, teenagers or older kids to say, you know, I'm learning this about myself that when this Mm -hmm. happens, I feel this way this is how I'm going to handle it. How can you be support? And then say, and how about you? What have you noticed during COVID? What makes you feel anxious? And how can we support each other? You know, and because everybody is dealing through this differently. I have days where I'm totally on fire and other days where I really just want to be in my pajamas all day and watch Mm -hmm. Netflix and eat chocolate, you know? Yep, yep. (laughs) And sometimes you don't know when those moments are going to hit. That's right. That's right. (laughs) And by the way, speaking of the physical environment, uh, I've talked to many therapists who, before they go into all kinds of clinical solutions, whether it's medication or uh, behavioral cognitive therapy techniques and all of that, the first thing they do is they have the patient get a physical. And I thought that that was really great advice because- Yeah, because you don't know there could be physical things going on that are making you feel more sad or frustrated or anxious than usual. So Mm -hmm. if you haven't been since last year, a lot of doctor's offices are open and obviously they're very careful about limiting the number of people that come in and stretching out appointments and all of that. But I would encourage you to get a physical. I mean, as moms, we're really aware of when they're getting their immunization shots, if we choose to do that, or, you know, they have their sniffles and we're just not even paying attention to our own bodies. Yep. Yep. That's right. That's right. Well, that's great. And that was instrumental coping, correct? That's what you were discussing. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then there are a few more listed on there that you can see when you get that handout, but here's a quick insight for many. Well, as a young girl, I grew up with a father whose attitude was suck it up. You know, if you're feeling anxious or stressed or depressed, suck it up, move on, get with the program, get some grit. And I was like, oh, okay, that's how we're handling it. You know, I didn't know there was another option. And so I remember hearing my dad making comments, you know, when other people were just falling or falling apart, like what is wrong with them? They just need to get some grit. And I was like, yeah. And it wasn't until many years later, really, I mean, I carried that attitude with me for um, many years. My twin sister is actually a nurse practitioner. And um, we have seen in our extended family members, family members who actually need medicinal support. And we realize now as grown adults, sucking it up doesn't always do it. Sometimes you really do need medicinal support or you need a therapist. And again, my dad was like, ah, if you need a therapy, then, you know, you're just crazy. I mean, he he just dismissed it. And now I think people, um, including me are realizing that there is absolutely nothing wrong. If you have to go see a counselor, I have friends that will say they'll go to a marriage counselor and they'll say, oh, we just needed a little tune up. And then we're good right. again, you yeah. know, there, and there's nothing wrong with that. They see that they have a need and they get the help that they need. And so, absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I think too, you know, we have a self-care toolkit and we have lots of those things in there. And I think medicinal support counseling are all very, very important parts of that, of that toolkit. 
Yeah. And that it's okay. There's nothing wrong with you. Feeling nope. sad. I remember going years ago when I was a young mother and I was just sad and overwhelmed. And I felt like a cloud over me and went and had a physical and the doctor was like, yep, you're good. And, and yet I was hurting inside. And mm-hmm. I, I said, but you know, I, I feel like there's something wrong and shame on that doctor who said, no, all your blood work is good. You're looking good. You're healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll see you in another year and did not take that as a learning moment to say, oh, tell me more what's going on. And he right. could have referred you, me or, you know. Yeah. Do you find in your work too, that women, we, we feel like there's a certain standard we have to keep. Well, so-and-so has however many children, and she can do all of this, and I cannot. And I think that realization of we all have our own pace, and we all have our own, you know, energy. And, and do you do you come across that in your work where women just feel like I should be doing more? Absolutely. Where a lot of that stress and anxiety comes from. Oh, uh, yeah. Women are the hardest on ourselves. And Mm -hmm. we absolutely compare it. You know, you have more kids than I do. Well, I think if we start to realize everybody has their own struggles. And of course, when you look on social media, everybody's life is perfect and beautiful and awesome. We're not seeing all of those moments where the mother is in a fetal position because she's Mm -hmm. so overwhelmed. Nobody's taking snapshots of that. And we need to stop judging and remember that we all are on a different path. We all have our own journey. And if we can show support rather than judgment, Oh man, the world would be so much better. It would be, it would be so, so much, much easier. Better. We need to be much more gentle with ourselves and stop mm-hmm. comparing. Um, and don't let if, if somebody is judging us, don't let that uh, mm-hmm. sink in. I, uh, I heard this speaker give a speech and share this experience, and I can't think of his name right now. Um, but anyway, the story was he was on an airplane and he was just chit-chatting with the flight attendant. They were waiting for the plane to take off. And so he was a friendly guy and, uh, you know, they were just chatting. And then finally, the captain got on the speaker and said, oh, we apologize. There are some mechanical issues with this plane. Everyone is going to have to deboard and we'll get you on a new plane. And so as you can imagine, the plane erupted with complaints and everybody's whining and complaining. Oh man, you know, and rightly so they've got connections or they need to be where they're headed, you know? And so this flight attendant says to this guy, oh, uh, this is going to be awful. I'm going to have to deal with all these cranky, ugly people. And he said, no, just put on your shield. And she kind of looked like, what, you know, confused. And he's like, no, imagine that you have a shield. It's made out of plexiglass. And now with COVID, (laughs) we can actually imagine that because some people are wearing those shields, but, you know, put a shield around you or a bubble and, Mm. you know, all those things that they're going to say, they're going to be complaining and whining and angry. They're just going to bounce off of your shield Mm. and, you know, you give them as much love and help as you can, but you don't let those hurtful comments sink into you and affect Mm -hmm. your own energy levels. And I liked that imagery a lot. Mm -hmm. You don't have to absorb negativity Mm -hmm. or judgment. And I know it's easier said than done, but just picture that shield around you. Yeah, I I also say that that is great advice for dealing with with teenagers, right? (laughs) (laughs) So true. (laughs) 
That's so true. I had a teenager who just thought my husband and I were the worst parents ever, that we were horrible to be around. And, you know, we're human. We were like, oh man, we're terrible parents. We're horrible to be around, you know? Right. Right. (laughs) Teenagers, they can, you talk about stress, anxiety, and depression. I think I have felt most of those things on a continual basis with teenagers, right? Yeah, it's, it's hard. Um, I felt like with my little kids, it was just messy and dirty and loud and break things were breaking Mm -hmm. all the time. You know, I mean, they were just rough and tumble boys. Um, as teenagers though, I really, my teenagers were a pleasure. I had so much fun to be with being around them, but Mm -hmm. there was one and he just was so ready to, he was our, our youngest. He's the one that's actually still home. Um, you know, he saw his older brothers going out in the world and doing amazing things. And so mm-hmm. he wanted to do it too, but he was still young, you know, so right. he couldn't. And so it was really frustrating for him. He was ready to fly and we weren't ready to have him leave the nest yet. You know, he wasn't mm-hmm. ready to leave the nest. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, yeah, there were some hurtful things said. And, and I would have to say, you know, you wouldn't say that to a friend. Why would you right. say that? To me, that's, you know. Yeah. Well, I, I, I have one thing to say about that. And then I want to ask you a question about, about that is that, you know, it's funny. It's hard for those younger kids. My, one of my youngest sons would see their kids, their, their brothers and sisters leave on the school bus. And, oh, he wanted to ride that school bus. And so I would make him a lunch and pack him a bag. And he'd stand on our doorstep and I'd go get my car and bring it around to the front so he could get in to, his, to the car like it was a school bus. Oh, his disappointment was that we were run errands. We wouldn't go to school afterwards, but it's just, <laughs> it's funny for the kids, the younger kids see what the older ones are doing and that's difficult for them. Now, my question though, for you is, you know, you talked about little children and you talked about teenagers and some of us have easy toddlers, hard teenagers, hard toddlers, easy teenage, you know, we, you know, and then they become young adults and we have all these different things. Do you find that one coping skill works for all, or do you find that you have to change your coping skills depending upon where you're at and what you're dealing with with your children? Change. That is a key word. That is so important to embrace, obviously, mm-hmm. with COVID. But yeah, I found out when I was young, I would say, okay, this is going to be our routine. This is what we're doing. This is the plan. And it would work really great for maybe a month. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know, nap schedules would change or different things would occur and it wasn't, it wasn't working anymore. And I was like, no, but this is the plan. It's got to work. And finally I was like, okay, clearly we need a new plan. That was true with um, giving our kids allowance or chores. And as they grew up and aged, they were able to do different things. Their expectations were different. You Mm -hmm. are constantly evolving and changing when you're raising kids. And even within kids, you know, one strategy worked with one kid and it absolutely doesn't work with another kid. Right. You absolutely have to be flexible. And then of course, as they grow through those different phases of life, you grow as a parent mm-hmm. and your strategies change. And that's absolutely true with these techniques that work for overcoming anxiety, stress, or depression. Like I said, one day it might work. And the next day you're like, nope, that is absolutely not working for me today. (laughs) We'll pick another strategy. And the good news is there are lots of techniques, so many things that we can try. So um, 
yeah, just keep practicing actually on my list of avoidance. No, uh, which list is that? One of my lists here, um, emotional coping is to keep practicing because Mm -hmm. the the coping styles take time. They take practice. And again, some days they work and some days they don't work. Um, And I love that message because I feel like if we feel like this is what I have to do and it's not working, we're like, well, I'm now failing at coping. But I think it's a really great message to to say, well, maybe one doesn't work. And so go to the next one. Yeah, absolutely. And, that, and like that's I said, just as simple as it is that you did not fail, that you, that you do know how to do this and you can achieve it. Just go to the next one and see what works. Yeah. And there are, I've taught classes on tapping. Do you know about tapping? I do. I do. Yeah. And some people are like, the first time I did it, it worked. You know, well, good for you. How lucky that you found something that worked. Right. And other people are like, I'm tapping and smacking myself and nothing's happening. Okay. Well, clearly that one doesn't work Mm -hmm. for you. Move on. I mean, there are a lot of out of the box types of strategies that we can try. And and you might be surprised. Some people are all into crystals or, you know, Mm -hmm. and other people think that's all hippy dippy, weird, wacky stuff, you know? So when you need help, realize, okay, there are lots of choices and Mm -hmm. be willing and open-minded. And if you don't get the result, move on to the next one. Yeah. That's great advice to keep trying and to keep going. Yeah. Well, you know, what is the alternative? Are you going to just get into that fetal position and stay there for the rest of your life until you die? No, that's obviously not an option. So the, my husband will always say, Oh, you never give up. Well, yeah. What else? What other choice do I have? Not <laughs> nothing really worth considering as an option. So yeah, you just keep trying. Don't don't give up. And to be hopeful. Hope is such a powerful mm-hmm. word and state of being that mm-hmm. tomorrow is another day, you know, and we haven't talked about death, but people are losing their loved ones and it's awful. And mm-hmm. and even in, in this COVID world, often we're not able to say goodbye the way we want to because right. funerals have social distancing. And my cousin actually just passed away last week and we're trying to figure out how we're going to handle all of this. And oh, wow. yeah, it's everything has changed. And in fact, one thing I've learned <laughs> in my life is those who are successful are those who embrace change. They embrace the opportunity to improve themselves to cross over that growth edge, you know, on that growth edge, on this side of the growth edge is comfort and security. You've been there. It's what you do. It's what you know. So of course we like that because it doesn't Mm -hmm. challenge us. We're comfortable with it. On the other side of the growth edge is guess what? Mm -hmm. Growth. And that's where you can get to your next level self and be your next best self, right? And ultimately, that's where we feel more fulfilled and happy because we know we're being better. We're better Mm -hmm. than we were yesterday. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're not improving, you're really not staying the same. You're actually going backwards because life and time and experiences are moving us forward and we're supposed to be learning. And so when things are hard, don't think that there's something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. Recognize that for what it is. That's what life is all about. It's to teach us. And especially if you're religious at all, you believe Mm -hmm. that this is a moment um, in eternity for us to learn and grow and become better each day. 
Yeah. You know, and you make the point here too, that I, I'd love for you to, to just talk about it for a minute is, is that you, you say challenge your, challenge your assumptions. And you talk about avoidance is often a sign that you doubt your own abilities and um, try to reframe the way you see daily events. So I, I just wonder if you could talk about that for a minute about the power of challenging our assumptions, because we do make a lot of those as mothers, don't we? We assume all sorts of things about ourselves and about others. And can you just maybe give us a little bit of advice on how to how to do that, how to attempt that? Yeah, you know, I found too, life is all about expectations, or I should say happiness is mm-hmm. all about expectations when, uh, and this is true in marriage as well. It's true in work, in parenting and everything. If you mm-hmm. have a certain expectation in your mind, it could be realistic, but it might not be. So then when it doesn't unfold the way you expected, you're unhappy, right? Right. So right. challenging your assumptions is a little bit that way as well. You're assuming something is going to be a certain way. You're expecting it to be mm-hmm. a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother was, bless her heart, she was a worrier. Not a warrior, I mean a worrier. She <laughs> always expected the worst to happen. She assumed horrible things were always going to happen. Right, right. And even as a little girl, I remember looking at her as she was worrying about this and that and the other thing. I remember looking and thinking, but it probably isn't going to happen that way. It's probably not going to be as bad as you think. Mm-hmm. And what if it's the opposite? What if it's going to be? better than you think. And so she was setting herself up for constant stress and anxiety because she anticipated all these horrible things to happen. She just assumed it was going to be bad. And I'm not sure why she had that attitude. She grew up and life was very difficult. Mm -hmm. Actually, she Mm -hmm. was, uh, her father um, was an attorney, which sounds good, but he was a drunk attorney and a womanizer Mm -hmm. and they were constantly getting evicted out of their home. So I think she just kind of assumed things were always going to be bad, you know, and and bless her heart. I appreciate that, that she had Mm -hmm. life experiences that sort of molded her into that framework. But, and if that's true for you, you can still change. You can say, you know what? Life doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so again, part of it is in your mind, think of the, I guess the worst case and the best case scenario, what's mm-hmm. the best thing that could happen? What's the worst thing that could happen? Mm-hmm. And then frame your brain to imagine that best case scenario, anticipate it, hope mm-hmm. for it. You know, you're going to be prepared for the worst case scenario, but a lot of times we can create by using our intention. So I, I try to set up um, what I call like little tokens, little talismans even. Um, a talisman would be like a little actual physical object. Um, I have, I don't like clutter and stuff. However, here at my desk, I have lots of little things that are gifts people gave me, you know, little trinkets, um, things that I even bought, pictures or little things that I bought when I've traveled around the world. And it, when I look at them, they instantly 
put me in a better frame of mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Groot here. Now I know this is a podcast, so your audience can't see this, but I Aww. love Groot. <laughs> yes. The Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. I mean, look at baby Groot, especially yes. how cute he was. And um, even in their very first movie, Gardens of the Galaxy, you know, he's a big full tree mm-hmm. and he just has this magical power. And I, when, as soon as I see him, I think of that moment where he spread light do you remember, did you ever see that movie? Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, he, they're in the ball. He gets Big his fan. arms and he protects his friends. Yeah. And he has this, he can spread the twinkle light. Anyway, mm-hmm. so in an instant, I can look at this little talisman and instantly it changes my frame of mind. Um, I also have little um, tokens. Uh, for example, I, I, I've tried to train myself. When I open a door, I touch the doorknob. And so mm-hmm. I try to intentionally say to myself, as I open that door, what is my intention when I go through this door? What do I want to have happen? Mm. And that can instantly change my attitude as well. So let's yeah. say you're a mom and you know, on the other side of the door is chaos. <laughs> That's right. Messes. Uh, before you walk through that door, you say, how am I going to handle this? How is my best self mm-hmm. going to handle this? And to yeah. visualize yourself as your best self. Well, she's not going to start yelling and screaming. She's going to laugh and go, wow, that is quite a mess. <laughs> you guys were very productive, you know, yeah. Yeah, to yeah. use humor, you know, instead of anger. And mm-hmm. I remember as a young mom feeling angry a lot. And finally I stopped and I, I asked myself, why is my immediate reaction anger? Mm-hmm. And finally, I realized it was because I realized I couldn't control, control. these people. And it was yeah. all about control. I, I I like to be very organized. And I had, mm-hmm. you know, my, the kids toys were all organized in boxes with labels and everything was clean and organized. And of course, when they played with them, they'd just dump them on the floor and it'd be chaos. And I realized my anger was because I couldn't control it. Mm-hmm. And I think hopefully with COVID, we've learned to let go of the things we can't control because there are so right. many, so many of them can't control and to really focus on the things we can control mm-hmm. and to find humor and stop catastrophizing and just laugh. Yeah. yeah. You know, humor, Enjoy humor the crazy is key. Yeah, absolutely. I, I say the minute I stop laughing, I'm done. You know, you, if you can't, you've <laughs> yeah. got to be able to laugh. Um, but I identify with your your toy, you're talking about Toy Story. I, you talk about what, what was important then and what's not important now. I too had the labels, you know, <laughs> I drew a little picture. That's what good moms do. That's what right? good moms do. That's right. And <laughs> man, just, I have a picture of a truck on that cart. Can you not just put the truck <laughs> into that box? And as a grandmother, I just get a big bucket, throw it all in. Exactly. I, you know, and that's where the comparison comes in. I mm-hmm. went to my girlfriend's house and she had the toys, the labels, and her kids did put them in the right boxes. And I'm like, I am a horrible mother. Why isn't this working for me? <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah. And because I was comparing and I kept thinking, mm-hmm. my kids are going to grow up and be slobs. Their right. wives are going to hate me because they're going right. to be slobs. <laughs> and you know what? I mean, they would just dump all their toys everywhere. And some days I would just, be like, I can't deal with it. They're going to stay mm-hmm. all over the floor. Mm-hmm. And to this day, 
all of every single one of my sons has grown up and their rooms are neat, their homes, their apartments, wherever they're living are neat and clean. You know, they were good. It kids. just all shakes out, doesn't it? And I love the idea of going through the, turning that doorknob because it seems like your, your message, the way I'm understanding it too, is to be, is to act and not be acted upon. I love the idea of what am I going to do when I turn this doorknob? What am I going to do? Because if you don't, then you're acted upon. The kids are now in control and the chaos is now in control, right? You're is that- reacting. Yeah. Yeah. Reacting rather than acting. And, yeah. and that's a big key is choosing how you want to act. Mm-hmm. To say, my current person, I might be not uh, acting rationally because I might have too much sugar in me or Mm -hmm. I'm exhausted because I didn't get enough sleep in me, you know, so this current person may not respond the best way, (laughs) but if you can keep in mind, what is my best self or that future self? I would always think about, you know, myself 10 years from now, oh, she's so poised and she Mm -hmm. looks great or whatever, you know, however I picture she's in control. She, you know, and then how would she respond in this particular situation? So start, start to imagine her and how she would react. And the more you imagine her, the more you become her or the sooner you become her. And Usually we look in the mirror, we can instantly think of 10 mm-hmm. to 150 things, you know, right. physically that we need to improve. And then we go inside and we mm-hmm. find even more. Um, yeah. So there is a balance between humility and confidence. Yeah. And in fact, <laughs> you're probably going to laugh. I have two lists. The days where I'm feeling maybe a little too good about myself. I look at that <laughs> list of all the things I need to do to improve and I'm humbled again. And I realize, you know, I, I ain't no bag of chips and all of that. <laughs> I, you know, I got to work on myself. And then the other days where I'm like, oh, I'm the worst person in the world. I'm terrible. I can't do anything. I'm so ugly. I'm fat and stupid. You know, we all have those. That's right. when I go back and I look at the list of, look at all the things I accomplished in my life. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're big things. Maybe they're little things, but but those were things that were big moments for me. I conquered whatever the thing was or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the accomplishment was. Yeah. So I think it's good to have both lists because especially as women, our mm-hmm. hormones can take us from one list right. to the other within minutes, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's also too important to validate the pity party and say, you know what? Mm-hmm. It's okay to have a pity party. You get 20 minutes done. Then it's time to move on, you know, or, you know, maybe it'll take an hour and a half if you're going to use the pity party to watch a chick flick and, you know, (laughs) popcorn or something, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I think I love the balance and I think that it's okay to take something on that list and say, I'm going to work on that. And that's a positive way to do that. Right. I mean, I don't think, um, without having to feel that, feel like those feelings of we're no good, we're not, I think we can work on something take responsibility for something that we could do better without it having to be um, cause feelings of, Oh, I'm no good. I'm not, you know, everybody else is better than me. That kind of, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. Just pick one. And that's the thing too, is like I said, my laundry list is very long. So to pick and instead of feeling overwhelmed by the sheer quantity of ways I need to improve to pick one thing and say, I'm going to work on this one thing. And maybe you reach your goal. Maybe you lose interest in it and that's okay. Mm -hmm. You switch over to something else, you know, but 
keep going, keep working on yourself. We're all a work in progress and to love where you are today. You know, if your former self could see you today, she would probably be really impressed, you know, and because you have made progress, you're not the same person just as we're looking to this future woman 10 years down the road, how she's Mm -hmm. so composed and has got it Mm -hmm. all figured out, you know, Um, be grateful for your failures, your challenges, because they're what brought you to who you are today. Are there some other things that you'd like to suggest to mothers that they can do to help alleviate this stress and anxiety that we're all feeling? Sure. So another thing that I think is really helpful is to write in a journal. And there are different kinds of journals. So, you know, we've all written in a personal diary of sorts, and that's very therapeutic. And I really encourage that. And some have even, I think it was Oprah Winfrey who first said, you should keep a gratitude journal, Mm. which I think is fantastic advice. But another thing that is, has been a, a real sweet Uh, tradition in our families, we've kept what we call, or what my kids call, funny journals. And so as I was trying to raise them as little kids, they would just say the darndest things. They, You know, (laughs) kids say really funny things. And so for each kid, I had a separate journal and I would just write down their funny things that they said. And so that every now and then my kids would say, oh, can we read read our funny journals, you know? And it was a way... Yeah, it was a way for me as a mom to stop and appreciate the moment that it was funny, it was, you know, super Mm. cute, and to stop and reflect on this is a moment in time, I I don't want to lose this because once I snap my fingers, they're going to be in college. And I know it doesn't feel like that when you're changing diapers a thousand times a day and cleaning up messes a thousand Mm -hmm. times a day, but they seriously do grow so fast. And so now we have those journals back and I just, I shake my head and I think, man, I don't even remember that moment. Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful. I wrote it down because it's adorable. And Mm -hmm. then I kind of reflect on, you know, the things that we've all learned throughout the years. Anyway, so that's another type of a journal that I really like. That's awesome. Um, And then there's this, I don't know, I don't want to get all woo-woo hippie on you, but um, I really believe that energy is a real thing. And um, scientifically, there are all kinds of graphs that show actual frequencies that correlate with energy levels. So I mean, it doesn't take rocket science to understand when you're feeling depressed, sad, or anxious, Mm -hmm. you know, your energy level is very low. The frequency itself is very slow. Mm -hmm. And the higher your frequency, the higher your energy. And there are, I I look at it like a ladder. When I'm low down, maybe in the despair level rung (laughs) on that ladder, I can do one thing. And these are like a little coping technique to pull me up to the next rung. I'm not going to go from despair to joy in one minute that Mm -hmm. there's incremental levels as you increase and improve your attitude and your own energy and frequency. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is the highest level on that rung is actually joy and it's associated with gratitude. So I, for many years, I was very competitive and looked at all the things and life situations that my friends had that I didn't have. And I focused on what I didn't have. And I always felt angry or unhappy Mm -hmm. And as soon as I started switching that, 
And, you know, it starts off slowly as a mental exercise to then really feeling genuine joy for the things that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized I have more joy and happiness in my life. Now I still don't have all the stuff everybody else might have that mm-hmm. I still wish I had. And there's nothing wrong with wanting certain things, but, but to still at the same time, be very grateful for what you do have. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That That's great. I love that funny journal. And I, I think I'm going to suggest that to my, to my children. And what a great perspective maker that is when you, on a day you feel like these kids are driving me nuts to sit down and just have that enjoyment of their the cute things that they say and the funny things that they say. So I think that's Yeah, awesome. you know, and but nowadays with our cell phones, it's so easy to mm-hmm. do a quick video, you know, right. but they yeah. can, moms now can just whip out a phone and, and when all chaos is happening in the house to just stop and say, let's film a quick, funny video for one minute, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe you put it on TikTok, maybe you don't, right. maybe it's just for your family, but to all mm-hmm. of a sudden change the energy in the room mm-hmm. and say, all right, it's time to make a funny video. And maybe that yeah. becomes a daily tradition. You know, yeah. how fun I, I is love that? that. I love that phrase, change the energy in the room. I also loved going, to, you're not going to go from despair to joy in one rung. Yeah. I, that is just, that is, that is wise. That is, <laughs> <laughs> that is something we all need to, these are things that you need to write on your mirror and lipstick things because <laughs> Because I love it because we have got to give ourselves some realistic expectation. And and we just, we aren't going to fix everything in one day or one minute or exactly. one thought. Yeah. And so I love that. The other thing is to love who you are today. Yeah. And I think that is also lipstick on the mirror worthy because, you know, I think, I think that that is have, you know, your, your point about being satisfied with who you are today, uh, as far as being a key to joy is, is awesome. And then the last thing is gratitude is the part um, of being able to overcome our anxiety and our stress and, and a, and a key, key way to find joy is in the gratitude. Absolutely. And, um, I think those are Great messages um, for all for all moms. So get out your lipstick, find a mirror, <laughs> start writing some of this stuff down. It's it's just wonderful, and what a wonderful message. Um, I do want to uh, remind everybody to please go to her website findingjoytoday.net for a free download where she discusses the different coping strategies and talks a little bit about stress and anxiety and depression and and really will help give you some some great um, foundation and wonderful things that you can do suggestions that you can apply in your life to help you through this time through all times um, for all times this is certainly the most stressful time that I have lived through but there will always be stressful times we will always need to be able to find gratitude and to find joy in our lives. Um, regardless. That's uh, so true. Life is all about changes. And uh, maybe my last thought would be how important it is for women to, we mentioned self-care, but to really um, 
take control, intentional control of the Mm. atmosphere in our homes, because I've noticed my attitude, my state of being absolutely affects Mm -hmm. my children in the home, everything in the home. If I'm not happy, everybody's more grumpy. Mm -hmm. If I am singing and laughing, it makes the world of difference. Mm-hmm. So re- recognize the power that you have and to control that energy or to, maybe I should say, mm, massage the energy, manipulate yeah. the energy. So yeah. that one that's more intentional rather than a, in a reactive type of a yeah. mode. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. And, and uh, I love that. Um, this has been a great conversation. How fun to be able to sit and talk with you today. Thank you so much for, for coming. If you're feeling uh, pushed beyond your capacity, please reach out for help. If, if you know, findingjoytoday.net, um, your friends, religious leaders, please don't struggle alone. There, there is help out there. Um, again, Trina, thank you so much for coming. And for everybody that's listening, thank you for listening. And please remember that you are doing better than you think. I love it. Thanks for having me. Good to have you. Thank you so much.